Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast. We're studying the Word of God. We're studying the Bible. Our desire is to follow Christ. And so we're looking at the message that God has given to us through His Word and learning how best to follow Him. We are working our way through the letter 1 John. This is a letter that the Apostle John wrote to a group of churches in the area of Ephesus late in the first century A.D. We are looking today at 1 John 3. 17 and 18, and this is episode 26. John says, If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. Well, John's been talking about love. God is love, and as followers of Christ, we are to emulate that characteristic of God, we are to show love. Love is what's supposed to define our lives, particularly how we relate to one another. John said that we are to love, and especially love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Then in verse 16, he gave the perfect example of love. He gave the example of Christ. He said, he laid down his life for us. That's how we know love, and we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. He gives Jesus as the perfect example, the extreme example. There's no greater example of love for one another than to lay down your life for one another. However, that doesn't really touch us in real life. How often would any of us ever be called to lay down our life for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Even in places of the world where you might be arrested for your faith, you might be tortured for your faith, you might be executed for your faith, will you really be laying down your life for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Now, there's some some examples where it could actually happen, but it's so exceedingly rare. For most of us, it's just theoretical. And John recognizes that, and most of his readers would never be called to to put themselves in in that position. So John gives real-world examples here every day. So where Christ, the supreme example, and it says the supreme example, would be exceedingly rare and unusual. But for most of us, there are everyday common occurrences where we would be called to show love for one another. And in verse 17, John calls that out. Now, he uses three verbs here. He, uh, he says, anyone has this world's goods, sees a fellow believer, but withholds compassion. So the verbs are has the goods, sees the need, but withholds compassion. So it's very intentional here. You means you, you have enough to take care of this need. You're actually okay. You've got enough for you and enough to take care of this actual need. You see the deed. So you're not just blind to the deed, but actually see the need and then consciously do not help in this situation of need. Withhold compassion. This particular translation says withholds compassion. The actual literal translation is shuts his bowels, referring to insides. Usually that word is translated as heart because it's what's inside you. 
So it shuts his heart off, withholds compassion. So if you have the ability to meet the deed, you know there is a need, but consciously don't help with this need. John asked the question, how does God's love reside in him? Now this word translated as reside, it's a word we've seen several times. It's that word abide. We are challenged throughout John's letter to make sure that we are abiding in Christ. But now he's switching this around and, and asking, does God's love abide in us? And for this person in this scenario who has the ability to meet the need, knows there is a need, but refuses to help in this time of need, how can God's love abide in that person? So it's a rhetorical question. He doesn't answer and say, well, no, God's love cannot abide. But the challenge there, followers of Christ love followers of Christ. Our lives are to be marked by love and compassion, especially for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So if there is an opportunity to express love, to help another follower of Christ, and we don't, this goes back to a theme that John's been challenging. If what you say doesn't match what you do, there is a problem here. It's often said about the helping one another. It's easier to have a, a general desire to help. Uh, one author says it's easier to love humanity with a capital H than it is a single person. It's easier to like the idea of overall helping than it is to help an individual person. Specifically, we might give to the World Hunger Fund. We might give to uh, an organization to combat uh, some evil or help with some great need. That's often easier than to actually help an individual person because so often well, the individuals that need the help are people we, well, sometimes they're difficult to help, difficult to deal with. And it's much easier to let somebody do the actual hands-on work themselves, and I'll just provide maybe a monetary donation, than to actually help with that individual. Well, then verse 18, John gives this challenge. Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. Now, he's not saying it's wrong to love in word and speech, but the, the challenge here is not only in word or speech. It's back to what you say versus what you do. Loving in word or speech would be the idea of saying, well, bless you in your difficulty. I hope that works out for you versus helping. Loving in action and in truth. What's that actually look like in, in real life? It, it could be a variety of things. It could be some kind of physical help, such as some kind of material help, giving somebody things, or could be actually financial help, giving somebody money. We often are uh, hesitant to give people money for fear that they will misuse it, and that's a, a legitimate concern. And often it's wiser to actually buy something for someone rather than give them the money. If somebody is um, about to be evicted and 
you think you should help with their rent, it's easier to go to the landlord and pay their rent than to give them the money for rent because sometimes people do misuse it. And our desire is to help, not just to satisfy our own sense of needing to help. We actually want to help the person. So it could be physical help. It could be doing something for someone who's unable to do something. It could be somebody who is uh, unable to mow their yard and actually mowing their yard for them. So it could be a lot of things, doing a thing for someone, doing a service, providing something that they need. It could be spiritual help. It could be somebody who is troubled and needs guidance, needs encouragement, needs correction. It could be relational help. It could be somebody who's in a, a tough situation dealing with another person and and stepping in and helping them by merely just coaching them through it or actually stepping in and being a peacemaker and helping resolve the problem. Action and truth. Action means doing something. And I think truth means doing the right thing. It's one thing to hand somebody a dollar bill, but is that always actually helping? Helping often is, well, it's time-consuming, it's emotionally draining, and it, it takes a lot of work. Loving someone in action and truth means action, that is, doing something. But truth, I think, means doing the right thing. James, in his letter, challenges us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. That is, to actually do what Jesus told us to do, to carry out the instructions that God has given us, to live the principles that God has given us. So actually do those things, not just hear those things. In the very end of uh, James chapter 1, verse 27, he says, Pure and undefiled religion for God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained from the world. The challenge there is not just to know things about God, not just to know the Word of God, but to live the Word of God. And how that's played out, James says, is actually by taking care of the needy, by protecting those who need protecting. And as John points out here, it's to not just loving in word or speech, but in action and in truth. So how does this work out in daily life? Well, it begins with paying attention to those around us because the the second verb here was see the person in need and so actually engage in the community of, of God's people to, to see where people are to see the needs that are there and then if I know I have the ability to help and I see the help that's necessary am I willing then to actually love this person by acting with real action and in truth. That's the challenge. Few of us will be called to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, but all of us are called on a regular basis to love one another in action and in truth. Thanks for joining me. Join me next time as we continue working through 1 John.